The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Oh, baby, you, you got what I need, because I say we're all just friends, because I say we're all just friends. Welcome to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. My name is Matt Bismarck Connor. I'm here with Sterling Mizolms, and we're here with the uh, with the latest edition of the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. Welcome to you all. You all could be a million different places right now. Work, home, dog park. You could be listening to another podcast. You'd be listening to um, some Katie Lang, which is what Sterling normally does, whatever. But uh, we're glad you're listening to us. We're glad you're hanging out. And uh, I don't know. My week's going well. How's your week shaping up, Sterling? We both we both made the roster cuts here. We're both still here. So far, so good. Uh, I'm slightly surprised. Uh, I would be an underdog to make the roster just based on the fact I miss a lot of Sundays because I'm golfing. So I thought that might play a, play a factor in the Chiefs choosing to keep me on the uh, roster. But uh, so far, so good. Yeah. What is your handicap? 15 and a half. Not good. Okay. Well, I was going to ask. I don't. All I know about golf is enough to ask what's your handicap without knowing what that means. So like, is that high or low? That's not great. I'm very, uh, very average, slightly above average. Some would say, uh, that's, that's where I stand. What does that mean that you have a, is that your hook slicing? Is that how that goes? No, no, no. It's called the hosels, but we don't want to talk about that. Uh, what we do want to talk about is the chiefs chiefs have made some moves chiefs out here getting down to 80 folk. I don't know about you, not much of a surprise so far, but the big surprise I think were some of the injuries that occurred to get down to 80, uh, Derek Gore getting placed on the IR out for the entire season. Uh, we saw the thumb injury. I didn't know it was going to be a entire long situ or entire season long situation, but I assume this is part of a stash move, right? This helps Kansas City. Maybe Derek Gore didn't want to go to another team. It's a win win in that aspect. And then Lucas Niang getting placed on the pup list. Uh, he's eligible to return week five, but obviously he's not ready to come back from the offseason surgery. So those are the two ones that I wanted to point out. What was your takeaway, though, from the five guys that were cut? I, I mean, the, the three guys who were cut, uh, you well, know, no, they were never going to. The, the, the three initial cuts from Monday, cornerback uh, Brandon Dandridge, he was signed after um, he caught four interceptions in the Canadian Football League last year. The Chiefs signed him last February. 
it didn't work out. He's gone. That not a big surprise. Uh, they cut Nazir Greer, who was an undrafted free agent out of Wake Forest. Uh, again, that's no surprise. Then they cut Lyman David Steinmetz. You know, they signed him at the beginning of training camp whenever like they were missing Orlando Brown and Lucas Niang. So he was always going to be a guy who was who was cut. He was brought in for offensive line depth to be able to play some of these preseason games. Anyway, so that wasn't a thing. Uh, you know, like what's surprising to me is like I just hate to see this for Lucas Niang. I hate to see a guy, you know, he opted out. Uh, you know, his whole rookie year. So that's delayed, but that's another year away from football. And then he comes back last year and has a couple of injuries, um, including the patellar, right? You know, Billy Joel says, you got a patellar about it, patellar everything you feel. Uh, And right now I'm just trying to tell you how I feel about Lucas Niang, which is, I think he still has a lot of talent, but man, I mean, certainly right now there are already going to be a number of Chiefs fans who put the bus label on him or who want to like call him injury prone. And, you know, really right now he's it's kind of hard to shake that. He's kind of where Willie Gay Jr. was last year. Remember, he had an injury prone first year and then he was out during the whole preseason and took some time to get to playing last year. And right about this time last year, everyone was going is this going to be like a bust of a second round pick? Are we ever going to see this guy regularly on the field? The good news is Willie Gay really turned a corner and played with Nick Bolden and look like now it looks like part of a powerhouse unit. You can only hope the same thing happens down the road for Niang. What's your take on the on what's your take on the position there, like going forward in the wake of the injury? Before we get into that, I gotta say, you know what's not a bust? Casey Bierko. Uh, It's delicious. I'm drinking the Pure Pills. We say it every single week, and it's true. This beer is fucking awesome. Uh, If you're not drinking Casey Bierko and you're in the Casey area or a place where they sell Casey beer, you're doing it wrong. Uh, It's brewed with only four ingredients, so you know it's legit. Uh, It's brewed based on the old-time laws of 1516, the German purity laws. That's ancient, okay? That's about as old as this shirt looks looks, doesn't it? Yeah, I know. I look like I'm 1990 right now. Doesn't matter. Casey Bierko is incredible. And anytime you guys post, uh, tag us in it, it means a lot. It helps us out, helps them out. And plus, it's damn good beer. So Casey Bierko, drink up. It's fantastic. Uh, as far as the position goes at right tackle, I do feel for Lucas Niang. That was like the one guy I've ever done a deep film dive into. And I go, wow, I could see him actually excelling at the NFL level. I didn't think he was ever going to be a left tackle, but at right tackle, I thought he was going to be a damn good player. We've never had a chance to see that. I still think he has the most upside of any of the right tackles. Uh, Kennard intrigues me, but I don't know if the upside is quite there. But again, with Niang, what what is the upside now after the injuries injuries can be a debilitating aspect to it to a player's career especially on the in or especially on the in the trenches on the offensive line defensive line so with Niang, i am nervous uh, i'm still comfortable with andrew wiley i always think he gets a bad rap because he played horrendously in the super bowl he's obviously not a left tackle but when it comes to right tackle i think he's a very serviceable a very fine player not every guy is going to be a pro bowl caliber player that's just not how the nfl works that's not how salary cap is is structured you're not going to hit a home run on every single draft pick uh, Andrew Wiley is a very fine right tackle and he he's good enough uh, I'm fine with Kennard as the backup whatever they keep as far as uh, you know what's it Jaron um, Jaron Christian Jaron Christian like I mean, well, there's, there's, awesome. 
you know, Roderick Johnson, there's a couple guys they can go that you're hoping you don't see action. But again, how many teams you're like, oh, yeah, if that third tackle comes in, we're feeling really, really good. It just doesn't happen. Uh, as far as the offensive line as a whole, I think this is one of the best units in the NFL. Uh, losing Niang for at least four weeks. Again, he can come back week five. It uh, it sucks but it's not going to be um, debilitating, at least in my uh, estimation. Yeah, no, that's good to know. You you mentioned Gore, too. We've talked about this with Isaiah Pacheco, but I wonder if the play, you know, because honestly, Derek Gore, I mean, did you really think he was making the 53? Did anyone think he's making the 53? He's injured like this, and he's going to struggle to make this 53. Like, this isn't a great backfield. You know, like, it's possible to get better than Jarek McKinnon. It's possible to get better than... Pacheco and some others. And certainly there's a lot better starters out there than Clyde. I guess I'm a little surprised that it would be a future play, but the only running back on the roster next year is Clyde and Pacheco. So there is wide open competition for Gore to re-enter the picture if the Chiefs still like his his potential, you know, another two years down the road after they first saw his potential. It's kind of funny, but I don't know. Honestly, I think they they may end up releasing him with an injury settlement when all said and done. That's often what happens, you know, when, when push comes to shove. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, there was nothing against Derek Gore. He's fine. I, I think he's a legitimate backup running back in the NFL. But I do think while Kansas City doesn't have the top end guys of other teams, they have guys who, at least in, in my opinion, Opinion. They all have a role and they fill it well. And I don't think Derek Gore necessarily excelled at one specific attribute. Clyde, if you will, is your uh, well-rounded, your your bell cow, your number one running back. Yes, he's not Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, whatever you want to say. But he's a well-rounded running back, at least in my opinion. Uh, and then when you come down to it, Jerick McKinnon is a very good pass catcher, great third down back. Ronald Jones, whatever you want to say about him, he had a role. If he makes the team, he has a role uh, between the tackles first and second down, not going to play much on third down, right? Short yarded situations, Ronald Jones makes sense. And then Isaiah Pacheco is the uh, the wild card, right? The seventh round running back, uh, the guy that you don't really know a lot about. We've seen a ton of hype in, in training camp, obviously struggled in the preseason games so far, missing holes, but he's the the potentially talented unknown. So that leaves Derek Gore on the outside looking in, and that was pre-injury. So uh, I'm with you. I don't know if he makes it on the IR the entire entire season. It could be a situation where he is uh, injury settlement type of situation. Do you want a smart lock, a 2K cam and doorbell all in one? Now you can with Eufy, the Eufy Video Smart Lock E330. Easy to install. All you need is just a Phillips screwdriver. So easy that even I, yes, I figured out how to install it. It's a keyless entry, so no more fumbling for the keys, which, by the way, I didn't even have a key to my front door. Uh, yeah, I had to go through the garage, so I would be SOL if something were to happen, but not anymore with Eufy. It's keyless. You have no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge monthly fees. Your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage, and the customer service is top-notch now. Let's be real. I didn't have to use it. I figured out how to use that Phillips screwdriver to install. Trust me, guys. I, I, I'm not lying to you. It is extremely easy. But if you have issues with your Eufy or installation, be rest assured Eufy's on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty. If you want to check it out, which I highly recommend you do, check out the Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your 
door. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I, I, I want to reflect back just a bit. We're still, you and I haven't, haven't talked, certainly haven't broadcast our thoughts uh, in this format on the Chiefs' second game of the preseason schedule. Uh, home win, Washington Commanders. Just wondering, you know, like we did this kind of last week too, because you and I, our podcast schedule doesn't allow for like immediate analysis. A lot of people have already talked out this game. If you don't have any pressing thoughts from it, that's fine. But I wondered if there were some aspects of that game that have kind of stayed with you that you're like, man, you know, I'm still not hearing people talk about X. Is there something that fits that? Or do you feel like, nope, that game's been talked out and I feel pretty good about it? It's somewhat been talked out, but I still want to hit on it. Two two things here. Offense is going to be fine without Tyreek Hill. I am not worried one bit. It's going to be different, but the offense is going to keep on rolling. Doesn't, doesn't even matter if you run the football well or not. Mahomes is just that good. These receivers, again, kind of like the running back room, they might not be the the best at what they do, right? But they all have a role, and they filled that role well. Uh, and then the second part is Jody Fortson. Jody Fortson is just going to be a red zone menace. He just is. Mahomes able to keep that much time waiting for Fortson to get open. Fortson is well covered. That was incredible defense. Touchdown. There's going to be so many situations this season where defensive backs, just defensive players in general, are going to be throwing their hands up going, what more can we do? That's just what it is. In today's NFL, offense, they have the advantage. You can't hold. None of that's allowed anymore. No no more chucking guys. A lot less uh, less physical when it comes to actual receiver, defensive back uh, confrontation. Jody Forson's bigger, stronger than almost all defensive backs to begin with. He's faster than linebackers. Emma Holmes buys time. That's a lethal combination. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Jody Forson, if I gave you an over-under of like five and a half, would you take you take the over on touchdowns for the season? Yeah, I don't think he hit, he's going to have like, I don't know, maybe 400 yards, maybe, maybe five, probably around 400 though. It's all going to be red zone threats. Just looking at what he does, what he brings, he is outside of Travis Kelsey – probably the best red zone threat on this team with Blake Bell. Now with the hip flexor, having surgery time table, uh, timetable seemingly unknown that allows for a lot more Jody Fordson. Uh, the chiefs run two tight ends, 22% of the time. They run three tight end sets nearly more than any other team in the NFL. That might come as a surprise to you or to most people, but if you notice Blake Bell is used a lot just in that secondary uh, role, I think 
Jody Fortson's a better blocker than Noah Gray, which to me leads to more playing time for Jody. Yeah. So you would take the over of five and a half touchdowns. Yep. Um, and you think even up to 400 yards. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a lot of production from, from tight end too. Yeah. And again, that's why I, I think part of it comes from Blake Bell, potentially. Again, it's n- nothing's official yet, but potentially I'm counting on Blake Bell missing a few games of the season. Yeah. So, and again, how much the Chiefs use, if they use the, the same percentage, 22% of two tight end sets, that's a lot of uh, opportunity for Jody Fortson. Yeah, I, mean, I, I find that very interesting. I The aspect that I wanted to touch on from the game, there's been a lot of chicken littling about the run game, right? Just in general, the way the run game looks. We were talking about the running we were talking about the running backs room earlier, but even overall, like the offensive interior and then even the backup offensive line, it seems like no matter what outlet I read about the chiefs, national, local, there's a lot, there's like varying levels of concern. And I guess when I'm thinking about it, I'm just thinking, man, when push comes to shove, when week one is there, I'm still trusting Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith to beat your ass. That like, like I don't care Like, it doesn't matter to me that Ronald Jones is like, hikes the ball and then looks and there's like a wall of offensive, (laughs) you know? And it doesn't matter to me that like, there's really not that many great holes in the preseason that we've seen for Clyde and some others, or like, I'm like, I don't know. I, I guess if it's a a trend that continues for a few weeks, then maybe I'd start to talk about it. But I've been a little shocked at a line that really, like all three of those guys have Pro Bowl potential. If, if at the end of the season, if you said any one of those three or all three of those guys were 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 Pro Bowlers, I wouldn't bat an eye. I mean, I'd pl- I'd be happy and applaud for them, but it wouldn't shock me in any way. And so the idea that the interior line is like hurting or a, a position of concern because of preseason play I'm just a little shocked that everyone's kind of jumped there going like, let's sound the alarm. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not worried about the offensive line. The offensive line's made some pretty big holes. Isaiah Pacheco. Yikes, dude. I mean, that was, you could drive a school bus through that bad boy. Uh, you never hear Eric B call out players very often. And I don't know what to necessarily say was a call out, but he basically said, yeah, that's the same play. I'm, I'm thinking of Isaiah missed that hole. He also wanted to say he's a young guy. They like what he brings to the table, and he thinks eventually that'll get worked out. I'm not worried about the offensive line. I'd be more worried about the lack of finding and hitting the holes. As much as I like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the knock against him was not finding holes. The knock so far against Pacheco, not finding holes. That's the trend I'm worried about. I don't want to think it's an overreaction. I'm not trying to say that the Chiefs run game is going to be just horrendous. That's not what I'm saying. But I do think it's something to monitor that if the Chiefs offensive line is making holes like this, that's incredible, but you still got to find them. You got to run through them. They close up quick. It's not college. You can't Le'Veon Bell back there dancing around. You got to get through them. You got to find them quick and get through them. And that's the one thing I would say, keep an eye on is can Clyde, can Pacheco run through those holes, find those holes, because those holes, they are there. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with you. I I think that the the onus of it all is more on the running backs room. I think it'll be interesting to see how that sorts out. I'm still bullish on Clyde. I'm still bullish on Clyde. I'm, I'm, I'm really hopeful there. But yeah, you know, we shall see. Did you have any further thoughts on Washington or any of that? 
I was going to say, Caleb brought up a good point, too. The Chiefs haven't used any motion, and that's something the Chiefs really implement in the run game when it comes oh, to McCole Hartman. There's always movement going on, whether it's Travis Kelsey doing something, dancing back there, uh, whether it's the four-top play, doesn't matter. Chiefs use a lot of motion. That is a very good point, Caleb, that I think should be brought to uh, at least to the forefront of this. They're not running their normal plays. Plays will get a lot more intricate as the season progresses. Uh, they're not giving anything away. Very vanilla right now. Good point. Yeah, and, you know, um, Renny Whip says we've only had three total drives with our starters. Again, that's another, you know, the, the, small, the sample size is so small. It also occurs to me, and I guess I maybe I'll bring this up now, like the idea of preseason overreaction. Like I just remember I was chatting with someone earlier, and I was like, Think of the number of offensive guys who have been overhyped already for the Chiefs like this. Like Justin Ross went from this to this. Ronald Jones went from this to this. Isaiah Pacheco, this to this. Even Marquez Valdez-Scantling, like in OTAs, people were like, we found the new wide receiver one. He's got instant chemistry with Mahomes. And then now it's like, oh, he kind of looks like he did with Green Bay, which is going to be a nice Thread is also going to have some mental errors here and there, and and that's what that's going to be. And it, it's just it's like, oh yeah, we're just prone to this so much because it's preseason, it's small sample sizes, everything new is sexy, everything old is is old. It's just <laughs> it's just the nature of it, man. Uh, who's been the voice of reason saying to pump the brakes on Isaiah Pacheco and Justin Ross? And I got called an idiot, I believe. Uh, not by you, but by multiple people calling my <laughs> people are calling me a, a hater. No, just come on, pump the brakes a little bit. Let, let's wait until regular season action gets under the underway. It's fun to have you know sleepers and be high on guys and and to think that you can be cautiously optimistic about success. But there's also reasons uh, guys were drafted in the seventh round, undrafted, this, that, and the other. Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic about players, but I, I don't think anyone is is silly. For, for having at least some reservations about some players. Yeah, not at all. And that's not even a slight on any of those guys. Not a, they are all way – what they've done in their own career is so much higher than anything I have done in any of my lifetime. Situ- like, like, let's be real. Making it to the NFL, being drafted by any team – getting signed by any team that's the the pinnacle man that's you're the one percent of the one percent of all football players it's incredible well but you do have a handicap of 15 (laughs) i don't know i'm throwing it out there hey folks if you like hanging out with myself and sterling and you know let's be honest it's better if you hang out with patrick and matt verderam uh if you like hanging out with richard and um richard are you there can you say hey real fast hey what's up (laughs) Like the deep voice behind the curtain. Uh, yeah. If you like, look, if you like any of that, if you like just talking Chiefs with other great and thoughtful Chiefs fans, just want to say you can consider, if you would like, becoming a member of the Arrowhead Addict podcast. Uh, members get access to special emojis and loyalty badges, which we use for our YouTube streams. And we have a private Discord where everyone kind of hangs out and talks about all things Chiefs or movies or beer or music or all so much more. Uh, also, we have private events with hosts. The link about joining in the description of wherever and however you take in this podcast. And of course, we appreciate your support. Let's do this, Matt. Let's let's uh, let's get into this. What positions are still realistically up for grabs? Let's start on the office offensive side of the ball first. What do you think? Um, you know, like I remember chatting with Verderam 
uh, and Patrick about this after the game. And we were saying, man, how many positions are really up for grab? Maybe two, maybe three. Like I had a hard time. But then when we were going through the positions, I thought, well, I'm not exactly sure. I think it's maybe more than that, you know? So let's start with wide receiver, right? Like Justin Watson's in, that's wide receiver five. Are we really 100% sure that it's Dory's Fountain? Because there's a part of me that thinks that they really like Corey Coleman. I wonder what you I wonder what you think of that. Uh, I would love that because then my offseason hype of Corey Coleman would have uh, paid off. So I would I would like Corey Coleman. I think they like him in the return game. So if they're not going to use Isaiah Pacheco, I think they would use Corey Coleman. I just don't know. Uh, Dave Tobe feels like he's going to be the guy choosing who the sixth wide receiver is. Sure. Uh, I, I'm with you with Watson being number five. I feel like that's pretty much, or five, six, whatever you want to call. I feel yeah. like Watson's spot's pretty locked up. Uh, I think Fountain had the inside edge. Just have not seen enough from him. Corey Coleman is more of a known quantity. Uh, obviously a highly touted, highly drafted player. Has not quite lived up to that success Early on, like preseason game one, Fountain didn't play any special teams. That was a concern to me. Uh, I think Powell still has a outside, a puncher's chance of making this roster. But I do think it's between Fountain, Powell, and now Corey Coleman. I thought Coleman was probably about for sure out two weeks ago. And now I'm starting to think that he's a, uh, it's about a third, third, third in my estimation. The, um, you know, you mentioned Cornell Powell, Jerry and Ely is still in the mix there. So is Aaron Parker. I'm throwing Parker out immediately. He's never making the roster. Uh, in fact, I'm a little surprised he's made it this long. Is Ely in contention there? Are we throwing him out too? And let's not forget Josh Gordon played more snaps than any other receiver on, on Sunday. Like, is it really about just the couple that we're mentioning? Do any of those other guys stand a chance? What like what do you think of that? Yeah, I'm throwing those guys out. Gordon, maybe more of a, a tryout for another team. Maybe not. I just don't have much faith in Josh Gordon at, at this point. Nothing against him. Uh, love the comeback story. You know, wish him all the success. If he makes the team, I'm going to root for his triumphs. I just yeah. don't see it happening with a team that's trying to go younger. And if he's in that same, I guess, pedigree right there, Corey Coleman would probably be on the outside looking in then too, if you're trying to go younger and then you're looking at Fountain or Powell. I just really don't know. It just feels like that last wide receiver spot is so up for grabs, especially now that Watson feels like he has a stranglehold, a Ted Nugent, if you will, on that position. <laughs> I really like Fountain as a like I, he just seems like I mean he's hungry. I I I love his toughness. I love his determination. I think he could take it, but I think Watson took a spot. I mean, I think like the player like that, whereas someone like, like Ely or someone like Coleman who adds that return capability and maybe some of that deep threat. I just think I like the offensive angle that they bring to the table other than fountain. Although I like fountain too, you know, of course, yeah, we're rooting for all these guys, but I, I think I'm going to predict Coleman with fountain and Powell jumping to the, to the practice squad. I think that makes sense. And I, um, although honestly, Chicago bears would do well to grab one of those guys. I mean, you know, so, they're so wide receiver needy. Ryan Poles knows these guys. So again, I think we're going to see multiple guys taken by other teams. Last year, the chiefs had two guys claimed by other teams. One being Tim Ward, uh, by the Jets. And so I, I think this year is going to be a little bit higher than that. I, I yeah. think so. Yeah, we'll see. I, I would also say offensive line still has some potential for some battles. Uh, I think there's some potential at tackle. I think the interior is pretty much it's there. Austin Ryder, at least in my estimation, is uh, 
probably on the outside looking in, even with Niang now put on the the pup list, right? Going to miss the first four weeks. I guess he has a chance, but if it were if it were me personally, I would still take a look at another tackle. I think that's where your uh, the weaknesses on Kansas City, especially if how much they have faith in Kennard. Kennard's not necessarily wowed me in his playing time so far. I think the hype of him being drafted, the uh, type of body he brings, what what he the potential could look like, it, it's there, right? But do they trust a, a rookie right tackle if Wiley were to go down, if Orlando Brown Jr. goes down, what happens at left tackle? I feel like they keep an extra tackle instead of keeping Austin Ryder, who is uh, just a center. Uh, I, you know what? I kind of like Jaron Christian. I like, I'm, I'm very comfortable with him as swing tackle. He's got starting experience at the pro level on, on, on uh, both sides of the line. Uh, it doesn't bother me at all to go into the season with Brown, Wiley, and Christian. Um, and then knowing the ink can come back after the first month into October. Unless unless we think Prince Tega Winogo is going to be a guy, I would love that because I would love nothing more than to get a jersey that has Prince <laughs> Tega Winogo on it. Time out, time out, bet. If, you, if he makes the roster, will you buy that jersey? Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. I should buy it now. I mean, I, like, why, why would I need him to? I just need a Winogo jersey, right? I, who doesn't need a Winogo this jersey? This is in audio form platform audio recording if prince tegawanogo makes the roster matt connor just said he will he's not being facetious totally. he'll buy a jersey oh yeah 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 i'll be like hey winogo uh i was trying to make a joke but i can't do it anyway winnebago yeah that's, that'd be a good name for winnebago prince Tega winnebago take a big i can't do, i don't know no i was getting ready to bust out my harry carry impersonation and then you're just <laughs> you know, i'm not doing it interior how do we feel about you know, you go for it with Austin Ryder. Nick Allegretti has some experience to go there. Guard is not a problem because you can always slide Wiley inside if you need to. But can you go forward without without Ryder too? Is it not just worth keeping him around for his experience? I, I feel bad. I, I just don't think that what he brings being just a center has a ton of versatility. I mean, I appreciate what he did for Kansas City, obviously being part of that Super Bowl winning team. I like Austin Ryder. I just don't see him with no positional versatility outside of center making this roster. They value so much positional versatility. They're fine with Nick Allegretti. If anything were to happen, knock on wood, let's sure hope not to create Humphrey. Nick Allegretti, I, I, I'm comfortable with taking over. So I was, I've been rooting for a guy. He was Sky Moore's teammate, Mike Caliendo. Mm-hmm. I've been rooting for him to, to make the team because of what you said. Ryder can only play center. I would love a younger guy who's cost-controlled for years who can play guard and center. Um, Caliendo has played, like he started several games, he started whole seasons at guard and center at uh, Western Michigan. But the way the line has looked uh, in these preseason games, it's like, how do you yeah. How do you say that Caliendo's had a great preseason? How do you say Vitaly Gurman has mm-hmm. had a preseason? It wouldn't surprise me to maybe see the Chiefs make a move here and clean house of like the last two or three options if they like another guy from another team who's just not a good scheme fit elsewhere or maybe pull off like a player for player swap like Ronald Jones for Martinez Rankin uh, or when they did Carlos Hyde for Martinez Rankin a couple years ago maybe you trade Rojo for uh, for a lineman who's who's kind of extra for someone else so uh well, yeah, Caliendo probably also tells great jokes 
I'd assume. I mean, he leaves good impressions. I'll say that much. With Martinez Rankin, whatever happened, my gosh, that was someone that I was actually very excited about. I know he had the injuries. Was that the start of last year or was that the year before? Was that 2020 now? Yeah, 2020. Wow. The Martinez Rankin era feels like it was gone way too quickly. Yeah, the the yeah. You, do you have that jersey, by the way? Do you have a Martinez Rankin jersey? Dude, I was wrong. You know how you are all in on on uh, Josh Gordon. I was all in on Martinez Rankin. I was I was rank and file with Rankin. I don't remember being all in on anybody. I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Let's look at the defense. Oh, I was about to say let's go all in on the defense. So boom, we nailed it. Bam. Let me ask you this: the, How's the competition shaping up for you? At linebacker, how many do they keep, and is that totally set? It's set. I have five. I have Nick Bolton, Leo, uh, Willie Gay Jr., uh, Elijah Lee, and then it was uh, Jermaine Carter. Carter did not play any special teams. Mm. You think they're keeping him uh, despite not playing special teams? Yes. Let me look back at my list. And you think they're only keeping five? Correct. Yep, that's the five I have. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm pretty set. I'm set at safety, and I'm set at linebacker. Those two spots, I'm uh, I'm set at. Okay. You know, it wouldn't shock me to see a six linebacker in there. Maybe just maybe. And then you're dealing with Darius Harris, Mike Rose, uh, or Jack Cochran. I've seen some plays from Cochran that I like this offseason a preseason a lot. Mike Rose was the highest graded defender per pro football focus last game. Um, so you obviously have some positive plays being made by that unit. Um, it'll be interesting to see some of that, but you think it's more locked down. Where, where is your question mark then on the defense? It would be at cornerback and defensive line starting at cornerback. I think it yeah. really does come down to either Watson or Boodle. If they're, if that's the way they're going, obviously with Deandre Baker, he is now gone with Lonnie Johnson. He is now gone. I think it's going to come down to a DiCaprio Boodle and a Jalen Watson. I don't know for sure which way they go. It feels like Chris Lamons is making this roster. They love his special team ability. I know, Matt, you talked about it a couple weeks ago. You were kind of wondering why he's still on the team with all that's surrounding, even off the field. Uh, But the Chiefs apparently don't have a massive issue because they keep running him out there, and he's a special teams ace. Whatever you will say about him, he is very, 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 very good on special teams. So it seems like his roster spot is more safe than it comes down to or Watson, that to me is a 50-50 toss-up. So let's let's go the guys that are in. Legereus Sneed, Trent McDuffie, Joshua Williams, Rashad Fenton, and then you're saying it's either Watson or Boodle after Correct. that. Correct, because you're keeping six with oh uh, With Lamont's. With Lamont's. Lamont's. Okay. Yeah. So how does Fenton's groin injury play into that? Like, If that lingers, you think all those guys make it and they flip him to the pup list? Man, that's tough. Uh, I would say yes. I would also say that's worse news for Lamones because that means he's not playing any cornerback. Like, that's not what he does. He's a special teams guy first and foremost. Boodle and Watson, I think they trust more actually in coverage, right? So then if Fitton's going to miss four games, you know, that, that could that could mean... Lamont's going to be the, the odd man out. I, again, I don't expect Fitton to miss any games. I expect him to be there. But I do think it comes down to, at this point, Boodle and Watson. Health, obviously, included. What do you think? Um, I think that you're forgetting about a name because you said safety is already set. And I guarantee that you didn't put Zane Anderson in that set. So I'm, I'm going uh, – Are you actually? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think he's – 
I think he's in there, and I would probably throw up. You know, look, Boodle has been burned multiple times this preseason. I'm out on him. Um, It wouldn't surprise me. Um, I think Bush is out and Anderson is in. Although I like Deion Bush, I would like to see – five safeties with Anderson as sort of that versatile. He can play more places than that. A couple of your safeties can really play, play more than that. And that's how I would play it. I love Anderson on special teams. I think he's going to be, I think I'm a forgiver. If you have Zane Anderson, do you also have LeMond? And if so, then that's both Watson and Boodle, I would assume, Boodle's out of the like, equation. No. Yeah, I'm a little... Because um, I'm, I'm going with 10 defensive backs total. You, you act D-backs. like I've written this down. You act like I've done the math. I, I have. <laughs> I, I have it written down. I, I have read, obviously, Juan Thornhill, Brian Cook, and Deion Bush. I, I think they'll, yeah. they'll keep Deion Bush. Zane Anderson, I think they've enjoyed on special teams, even with the miscues. I just don't feel like Zane Anderson makes it if LeMond's make. I think it's one or the other. You're not going to keep two special team aces like that just for the sake of keeping them. It's going to be one or the other. Well, we shall see, Sterling. We shall let's go defensive line. Who's the who's the who's the man out and in? Do you have any surprises there? What's the revolving door that you're having to choose between? I don't think Taylor Stallworth makes it. I think Colin Saunders has flashed. Yeah. I mean, he's been one of the best defensive linemen for Kansas City this preseason. Yeah. By the way, the defensive line for Kansas City looks like an absolute attribute. I thought it was going to be the weakest position defensively. They look yeah. really solid so far. Uh, again, it's a preseason against Washington and Chicago, so take it with a grain of salt. But the D line looks good. Karloftis looks legit. Frank Clark looks quicker. Obviously, Chris Jones. Derek Nottie has his role, does it well. I think Danny Shelton is going to be the backup to uh, Derek Nottie, the human planet, the human house. Very good in the run game. When Kansas City was getting gashed on the ground, I think they would have loved to have a Danny Shelton. So I have Danny Shelton making the roster. I have Turk Wharton making the roster. I have Mike Dana, who is a very solid rotational piece, making the roster. And then I have Colin Saunders and I guess Danny Shelton. That's that's, that's Carlos Carlos Dunlap, depending on what Carlos Dunlap, his Achilles tendonitis, whatever that uh, equates to. So to me, it's Taylor Stallworth on the outside looking in because Colin Saunders, in my opinion, he, he looks like he's taken that next step. Yeah, I'm with I'm with you on Saunders. I'm I I think Stallworth is out. I'm intrigued by Matt Dickerson. I'm intrigued by Matt Dickerson because he's like from from the bits I've seen, I'm impressed. There seems to be I don't know. I just want to see this third preseason game. I think I think I think um at the very least I'm intrigued for him as a practice squad piece down the road. A lot of this line is going to be gone next year. It'll be interesting to see how this all kind of shapes up. But yeah, overall, your theme of the defensive line suddenly being an attribute is I love saying it. I love talking about it. It's incredible <laughs> that way. Yeah. And who knows week one? This is obviously all preseason against two bad teams, frankly. Yeah. Let's let's be real here. I know it's preseason, but still, those those teams are not going to be elite of the elite. But seeing what they've done, you can only go up against the competition in front of you, and that D-line has dominated. That's obviously a, uh, a nice positive. When it comes to Joshua Kanjo and Malik Herring, I personally have both missing the roster. I have them on the uh, practice squad. I just don't see room. I have nine players on the D-line on the active roster, so nine, which would leave out both Malik Herring and Joshua Kando. I don't know your thoughts there, but they just uh, they seem too developmental as far as where they currently stand for me. Yeah, I, I would rather keep a guy, an extra guy inside who's actually looked better yeah. and rely on Turk Wharton to be able to slide outside or then I would hang on 
to a project that I'm just not getting. I hearing has flashed. Kendo, I don't know. Kendo got. Um, I remember watching the broadcast. Kendo got a got credit for deflecting a pass at the line of scrimmage, and then you go to the the replay, and the ball like caroms off the side of his helmet. Like it wasn't even like a purposeful. It's not like he's going up for a header in some sort of EPL match. He's just like <laughs> he's in the way, right? And then like Trent Green says something like, "Heads up play by Kendo." Looks like <laughs> they're trying to spin it in some positive way. I'm like, man, can't we just say in some non-homer way like this guy just gets like if he gets it, it's only because he's lucky. I don't get it. Frankly, a heads up play is something that we would say on this Tuesday edition of the podcast. Yeah, totally. Totally. Very, very bad pun. Totally. Let's let's move to uh, you know. So today the Chiefs announced a handful of injured players and their sort of their statuses saying they will not be playing in the upcoming game against Green Bay. Now, a lot of this wasn't a surprise anyway, because they're we're not playing the starters against Green Bay anyway, for the most part. We're, you know, like this game is all about just being an exhibition for the final few roster spots. You know, we're not going to see Mahomes, whatever. But um, I am wondering about your injury. Like what's your level of concern like, let me bring up an injury, and I'd love to get your level of concern here, right? So we've already talked about Lucas Niang. There's probably nothing more to say about that. We know he's out until October, and that's that. But Carlos Dunlap didn't play, didn't practice. Now we're hearing, you know, there's an Achilles issue, whatever that is. Um, is this like a harbinger of things to come? Is this is this a... Uh, non-serious thing that like, Oh, the chiefs have a couple of weeks until the regular season. So no big deal. Like what's your personal level of concern about Dunlap's Achilles? Very. Okay. Very concerned. This is a defensive lineman in the trenches with a foot injury and not just a foot injury, an Achilles injury. I know they're calling it tendonitis, Man, this is concerning to me. An aging player in the trenches with a foot injury like this, it's not bode well. I get it. He's more of a, I guess, you know, icing on the cake, right? They weren't necessarily counting on Carlos Dunlap this season based on when they signed him, but it feels like the defensive line is much better with a proven veteran, a guy who gets about an average of eight sacks a season on that squad. Uh, I'm very concerned about this Carlos Dunlap injury. I don't know about you, but second I hear Achilles and defensive line, that's yeah. where you push off. Not happy about it. Yeah, I would love for the Chiefs to do everything they have to do to play it safe here. Uh, Carlos Dunlap for the postseason is the only thing that's on my mind. So if he has to sit, if he's got to sit months to make sure he's okay, then round back out in the form and then be like a late-season Melvin Ingram-like addition, great. Great. Um, but there's certainly no reason to push his involvement this early. Uh, let me bring another one up. We talked a little bit about this already, but I didn't ask your opinion. Rashad Fenton, we already talking about the secondary. There's a groin injury there that's kept him out. Are you concerned that's going to creep to the regular season? And are you concerned about the state of cornerbacks, if so? Good question. With Rashad Fenton himself, no, I'm not too worried when it comes to the state of cornerback if he were to miss more so. I do believe in Joshua Williams. I believed in him when he was drafted. I think he's uh, got a very high upside. But again, I'm very nervous as far as the boomer bust potential early on. He's gotten burned 
burned a few times early. I trust his ability to tackle. I like his uh, ability to, to cover guys for the most part. But again, anytime you have a rookie from Fayetteville State, not, nothing in small schools, you just don't typically go up week in and week out against top-end competition. That's a massive jump to the NFL. Uh, Trent McDuffie, also a rookie. I trust Legereus Sneed, obviously. I guess I would be a little bit wary if Fenton were to miss time. I just don't think he's going to miss much, if any. I think he'll be he'll be ready week one. Okay. Let's go to the offensive side. Juju Smith-Schuster has been out with a knee injury a little bit longer than I thought he'd originally be. Um, what's your take there on, like, do you think this is going to be a lingering thing? Um, do you think he'll be there week one? Are they being just careful in the preseason? Even for a guy with injury concerns, I'm not worried about Juju. I think this is more of a extra precautious situation in the preseason. He has already shown to have good rapport with Mahomes, at least in my opinion. I think he's going to be fine. Uh, I'm not worried about Judas Schuster. I know all those past injury concerns are probably popping up in the back of folks' domes right now, thinking, oh my gosh, is this another major situation? I just don't think it is. I know the Chiefs, they're basically like the Pentagon. They won't let you know. They're very much so keeping it tucked in house. <laughs> but I'm not worried about Juju, at least not yet. Okay, uh, one more for you. Uh, Blake Bell, he had... Uh, hip flexor. Then Andy Reid said he went and had surgery on it. The injury has been called unusual. Jerome Bunkers even comments, little concerned about Blake Bell. Thought the Chiefs showed interest in a recent tight end release that Washington picked up, um, which is true. Kendall Blanton. So, M I Z. <laughs> just curious what you what you think about losing Bell. We, you know, you were talking so highly about Fordson earlier. Do you, does that even matter to you if Bell's in or out? I, I think it matters more than the majority of Chiefs fans would like to admit. Okay. If that makes sense. Blake Bell's not this game changer, but he's a glue guy. He was, and still is when healthy, the best blocking tight end on the roster. Jody Fordson's very much improved as a blocking tight end, but he's nowhere near elite. Travis Kelsey's a very good blocking tight end, but you're not using him as a blocking tight end. And Noah Gray is still very much an unknown. I think you could use Michael Burton for a game here and there if you wanted to use him as that fourth tight end in blocking situations. Good blocker, fullback, versatile. I wouldn't be surprised. But I do think it's going to be a bigger impact than a lot of Chiefs fans probably want to admit. Blake Bell's not some popular name. I know a lot of people had him on the cut list. I get it, but he's a valuable piece as a glue guy. Also, fourth and one. If the Chiefs refuse to run QB sneak with Mahomes, Blake Bell was that guy. Whether Chiefs fans like it or don't, that's what they did. That's also a question mark. I think they should still continue to run fourth and one QB sneaks with Mahomes. I think what happened was such a freak accident. I mean, Tom Brady has made an absolute career, a killing, probably has like a thousand yards off of QB sneaks. I mean, never gotten hurt off of one. I think Mahomes was just, it was unlucky. But if they're not going to use Mahomes, Blake Bell was that guy. Yeah. I mean, th- there's multiple situations where you lo- you're looking at and say, okay, this Blake Bell loss could be bigger than most people want to admit. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. I, I, I wish maybe more people gave him a little bit more credit. At the same time, I, I understand. The, the Chiefs are fine at, at tight end. Would it, w- do you, would it surprise you if, they ended up making a move to bring in another tight end at this point? No, it wouldn't shock me. Uh, It would probably surprise me as far as that means Blake Bell's injury is that serious. Maybe he's missing eight-plus games. If it's four-plus games, I'd be surprised. Maybe you roll with Bushman from Oakland, right? Uh, Or Las Vegas, sorry. You run run with the former Raider Bushman, right? Right. 
you, you can roll with him for a few games. Or again, I think Michael Burton, you can get by with for a few games. But if we're, we're talking, they bring someone in and he makes the roster, that means Blake Bell's injury is a, a fairly serious one. Yeah, I'm with you. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how the roster moves the Chiefs make end up telling us about Fenton's injury, JSS's injury, and Blake Bell's injury. It's going to be really kind of telling maybe what waiver claims they make, who they pick up, what extra guys they keep on the roster, um, et cetera. So if you know us and you know the Tuesday edition of this show, we love to do a thing where we mix up Chiefs trivia or knowledge or Chiefs randomness with classic rock, hair metal, all of that. So I came up with a segment that I want to do with Matt called the Sebastian Bach Skid Row I Remember You segment, where you come up with a random Chiefs player that you used to like, that you used to enjoy, and give a little tidbit of why you liked said player. Wait, by the way, there's a commenter who just said, Jaden Lawler just says, can you all name me the most random <laughs> you can think of? And I mean random. And it was like at the exact same time that you were prompting a whole segment about random chiefs. Jaden, we need to bring Jaden in j- just to be like our like co-producer with Richard. And uh, is he logged into our uh, Google Drive? Because that's what it feels like. Amazing, <laughs> amazing. Jaden, you're you're a fortune teller. I want to. I want you to tell us the Chiefs' final record this year. You go first. Who's your random chief? Javier Arenas. I truly thought Javier Arenas was going to be about a top end cornerback. For, for Kansas City. I thought he was going to be a very, very good slot corner. Uh, drafted in the second round from Alabama. Looked really good as a returner. He had two interceptions his second year in the NFL. Uh, I had a chance to meet him when he got drafted. He was doing the Plaza Lights. It was him and Eric Berry. So I now have a Chiefs hat signed by Eric Berry and Javier Arenas. I really thought he was going to be a really, really good player. That's one guy that I was like, for sure, take it to the bank. I was wrong. Uh, man, I mean, I don't even really know what to say. I, I'll go Reggie Tongue. You remember him? Safety? Is, is that a no? I honestly don't think I remember Reggie Tongue. Did Reggie Full Tongue? transparency. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I could I could lie and play us off. Don't remember no. Reggie Tongue. All right. So, well, look, we're in the late 90s at this point or so. Um, you know, the Chiefs had some, like, really – remember James Hasty? Do you remember, remember some James of these guys? Yeah, anyway. Well, yeah, anyway, uh, this is maybe a little bit before your time, young man. Uh, but yeah, Reggie Tong was like just one of those great. He's like good hitter. Like as a kid, you like as a kid, I loved any big hitters, and so I loved you know any guy like that. Reggie Tong, he wasn't like a Bernard Pollard, um, but yeah. Hey, by the way, yeah, Ms. Matt Connor, the oldest Arrowhead head coach, yes, by like fifty years. Um, I'm not giving away my age, but I'm fifty years older than the rest of the hosts. Also, I'll say this. One of my favorite Chiefs was James Bradbury. I remember the two days mm. the Chiefs were going to sign James Bradbury. He was an honorable Chief in that amount of time to me. So I'm just remembering him fondly. There you go. We got Mike Catapano on here. Oh, Mike yeah. Kyle, Kyle Carney says Mike Catapano. Uh, Tony Moyaki. That's that's the one that I feel like every Chiefs fan pointed out and goes, this is going to be the next Tony Gonzalez. <laughs> I man injuries ruined that guy. I loved. I thought that kid was going to be great. I also thought Scott Pioli was going to be great. What did I know? Uh, Harvey Williams. Here we go. Got a Harvey Ryan, Williams. Ryan Lodra. Yeah. Greg Wesley. By the way, who knew that Ryan would drop his first name and just become a, a great rapper after that? Lilja. 
Sorry. Uh, so uh, Bill Moss, Tim Grunhart. Grunny, I think, might be coming on this podcast uh, sometime soon. Big Grunny guy. So we're trying to get Grunny on here. I know him from 810. He just sent me his book. He just wrote a book, really, really interesting, about his stories in Kansas City. So Mike Travner Media, thank you. We're going to actually try and get Grunny on here. Yeah, let's get him on and talk about his stories. Yeah, we've we've chosen our we've chosen our player. Skid Row would be proud. Are you gonna are you gonna sing that song so people know what you're talking about? That's you, pal. That's all you. Todd Dude. Collins, hell yeah. Todd Collins, uh, loosely related to the uh, Tom Collins drink, which is fantastic. He is related to, to no. Tom. Tom Collins is a drink. Todd Collins was an old quarterback. I know it's a drink. I'm just saying. Okay, get out of here. Yeah, take us out of here, Sterling. No, wait, no wait, 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 wait. do our must list. Come on, Matt. Come you on. Got, you got me all random. I'm thinking, I don't know what's going on. Richard, mm. save us. Save us, Richard. Uh, am I going first? What's what's happening here? So if you're if you're listening and you're like, what's going on? Who's Richard? What what's the sexy deep voice all about? Uh Richard is our producer. He's the man who makes all the graphics look cool, the sound look great, makes me look 50 years younger than I really am, uh, accentuates Sterling's mustache. Anyway, so we do a new thing, newer thing, uh, week to week, called the Must List. And basically, we just want to tell you, because of your faithful listenership, dear viewer and listener, we want to reward you with, hey, here's what we'd recommend you check out this week. In whatever format we want you to check something out, Richard, we'll start with you since your voice is the coolest here. What like what's your must list for us this week? All right, I was panicking because I forgot I, I was doing this every Tuesday. So uh, I'm going to recommend the the Mountain Goats, a uh, folk rock band that I've listened to since high school. They have a new album out as of Friday. It's called Bleed Out. It's a uh, it's all right. I'm not going to recommend that album, but it's a good album. <laughs> it's got a, it's got a few bangers. I'll say that for sure. It's a it's a, it's a concept <laughs> album about. Uh, songs written up to like action movies. So it sounds cooler than it really is. And uh, John, John Darnell's voice is definitely not for everyone, but I would <laughs> love to recommend Tallahassee. That's a great album. It's an album all set in Florida. It's all about uh, love and divorce. So if you do want to hear a really good album, check out Tallahassee by the mountain goats. So that's my, that's my must list. Love it. I also love how you do one and go, yeah, it's not great. So don't really listen to it. It's my must list but don't listen to it. You must not listen to it. Also, I love all the stuff in the comments. Elvis Gerbach, Steve Bono, Tyler Palco, Chase Daniel, Brody Croyle. Everyone's going off on an old QB rant, basically. That's the I remember you segment. They're just keeping going. Uh, I'm going to go with Upgrade by Blake Crouch. Uh, it's kind of a sci-fi book writer, author. Not a big sci-fi guy at all. Not my cup of tea, but this book was fucking dope it was a really good book yeah upgrade by blake crouch he also wrote dark matter which was a fantastic book so uh highly recommend blake crouch you said um you're not a sci-fi guy but i kind of want to get you a t-shirt that just says sci-fi guy on it like i just feel like that'd be a great t-shirt for you would you wear that (laughs) no uh well i might and probably write in sharpie not a above it uh, i also am not a star wars guy and my old jeep actually had a star wars logo on it which i did not know i all right hey by the way richard mountain goats john darnielle the lead singer he's an author have yes. you read him? i that'll in the future i'm sure i'll be recommending that as a book i do have i do have devil house i think i have that on paper hardcover it's just waiting yeah, I, in my my stack so yeah i finished wolf and white van like a Ooh. year ago 
Did you did you read that? That's a good one. Yeah, that's oh, an interesting one. I just love yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. My must list last week was Alf, and you guys didn't give me an Alf costume, so I guess I can talk about whatever I want, and you guys won't follow through. I will. Say, I will say this: Netflix has a brand new like Iron Chef going on. Man, I am like loving. I've never watched Iron Chef ever. Like I, I, it's all new to me. But like watching someone saute vegetables is somehow riveting television. I, that's all I know how to say. So, yeah, man, if you've never given that stuff a chance, somehow it's high drama watching people <laughs> cook. Um, who knew? Maybe that just means I'm 50 years older. Then the other guy here, I'm going to keep saying it. Um, hold on to remember Biz Marquis. All right. So, uh, yeah, that's the muscle. list. Sterling, take us out of here. This was the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. Richard, always appreciate the muscle joining us. He has the best mustache, best hair in the game. Matt Connor, second best hair in the game. Best mustache, probably better than mine. Wow, Richard just took that off. Shake it, pal. This was the Arrowhead Addict Podcast for Matt Connor, for Richard, for Sterling Holmes. We are out. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.